Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Through the Tech Vine. So be quiet, pay attention, and get inspired. There is one truth that is not told enough. Technology is not magic, but it can be magical. Technology is human. It is part of who we are, our evolution, our future. Will it be a dystopian or utopian one? Well, that is up to us and nobody else. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We're live. Stop talking. Stop talking bad about Sean. <laughs> yeah, there I was right in the middle talking all that smack. Yeah, you know, last time we didn't do the show because uh, we're going to talk why we didn't do the show. But the one before we, Keenan, we told Sean there was no show, so he didn't show up. And now, I don't know, did you tell him that we were not recording? I think I let it slip, yeah. Yeah? Oh no, you know what? <laughs> Damn it, he's here. Ah, oh. he's here. He found us. Uh, I found the secret link. Despite that we changed location Magic. constantly, yeah. he found us. Cloud Cutter, what's up? <laughs> Cloud Cutter. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's good. good. Uh, I almost missed two weeks in a row. I don't know how that's possible. Well, we were well, explaining. We, we all missed last week. We all missed last week. Yeah, it would have been three weeks. We haven't yeah. said we haven't said why, but of course people can imagine. But we're going to touch on that quickly, and uh, and we were telling people that we avoided you because we told you we were not recording last the, the time with Keenan, and now now you find us. So welcome back. Ooh, good to be back. <laughs> uh, it is good there, to be there's, back. There's lot lots to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we we do I'm want jumping to... in here on the fly last minute as well. So, well, we we literally just started. We we were chatting about a few things, and of course, uh, everybody's conversation these days is what's going on in the world. Uh, it could be a lot better, and that's actually why last Thursday we just didn't feel to to go on. I mean, I know that the show must go on, but sometimes, uh, you know, it's it's our choice, and uh, and and last Thursday. We just didn't feel like it. But today, we certainly want to to touch on that topic, although this is not a political or a newscast or anything like that. So maybe we'll touch on a little bit of the technology and, of course, you know, to 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 share our, our feelings with with what is going on and, and, and the hope that, at least for that is going to end soon. It's already went yeah. way, way too far. So that, that's as much as I'm going to I'm going to say, and of course, you guys feel free to, 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 to make your point. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's really hard for not to, to be taken aback and, and have a hard time focusing, knowing how much suffering is going on and needless suffering. Um, and it's just, it's, it is, it's very, 
it's difficult. So I appreciate that we we weren't on last, and I'm, my heart. I know everybody's heart's going out, and, and hoping that there can be as few deaths as possible, and that there can be as limited, and that this doesn't get escalated. I just hope that it can get a, resolved. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, a, I, I I don't know if it's going to get resolved. I um, peacefully. And I understand that there are a lot of people explaining why that it's more likely to escalate. And, and I appreciate that, but it's still in my heart of hearts. I'm, I'm hoping. That yeah, I just saw the news coming in that there is some corridor opening right now, they agree, for letting uh, civilian go out. And that's a, a bilateral decision. So that's, that's good. But it also means that they're not going to stop. <laughs> so the military is going to keep going and with that, a lot of people. And uh, yeah. what is crazy is, is for me is it's, I am sad, I'm mad, and I'm and I'm in disbelief because with the world moving towards a global cooperation, with two years coming from where we came, where where all the world yeah. collaborated, I mean at least most of it to to just go back hundred of years uh, in the way things that used to be done, it's just not right. So that's it. Sean, if you want to jump on that, uh, there's also some cybersecurity things that are related to this. That if uh, I know, I know Diana, you're knowledgeable about that. If you if you want to jump on that, feel free to do that, or we can move on with our with our tech yeah. conversation, and the show must go on. Yeah, no, I mean definitely, you know, there there is there's I know that there's been a lot of talk about oh the cyber war and cyber warfare. The next wars are going to be all cyber, which no, clearly, and this is not just the only incident in the last five years. There's clearly the ground wars. They're still clearly um, physical, but it's a dimension. And if you look at, at NATO, looks at the dimensions of where war can take place and actions that can damage citizens. It's you know, it's air, it's land, it's space, and it and they had years ago they included cyberspace, and so we have seen some activity in this war. Um, with wiper malware. If you remember five years ago, there was wiper malware launched at Ukraine um, called NotPetya. And it was originally seen as some kind of ransomware, but it was actually wiper malware. So it, it, it just wiped out um, systems and sometimes masqueraded as, as ransomware. But uh, Foxblade was discovered last right. week. And again, it was wiper malware, which luckily was, was seen very early. Microsoft sounded the alarm, immediately started to work in collaboration with the U.S. government and to alert the Ukrainian officials about what was going on. So that it appears that they haven't been very successful in the cyberspace dimension, which is nice, good, but a good reminder that we have added another dimension that we have to protect and defend against, that we also depend on too, because there's also communication, right? There's discussion about, do we it, some there have been some calls for just to cut Russia off of the internet, or is Russia going to try and cut Ukraine out of the internet? Um, yeah, so it's interesting too that just you know, standard communication. And then I thought it was sort of interesting looking at the, I forget which news, maybe it was PBS NewsHour, had a, a Russian citizen who was saying they were just really upset that they couldn't use Apple Pay anymore. Because, <laughs> and, and I thought about, you know, I mean, this is, it's interesting. This is, we can really impact the lives of citizens in, in ways. Yeah, and and that, like that. Well, there is a lot of aspect here, and I, I'm sure we could do the entire 
the entire uh, episode on this. But one thing that I, I want to point out it's it's how you know everybody came together, not only government but companies. You you mentioned Microsoft. There was that that yeah. um, that episode of uh, Elon Musk pointing the Starlink system to Ukraine so they could uh, do um, internet communication through the satellite. Uh, so you know it's it's it, it's unbelievable how there, there there is a lot of humanity coming out from this and how this believe this is. But I I agree with you and I I want to mention a, an observation made by my friend uh, Professor Luigi Martino from the University of Florence that he wrote an article about this this thing where the news are talking about cyber war and he's like look. Cyber war is, as you say, is an instance of the war. It's part of the war. It, it, there is different way that you can conduct it, but war is war. And, and the way they present it, it seems like it's a separate thing. But when this happens, as you say, everybody gets, uh, everybody has to gets to pay the consequences of it. It's like you know, you can say, "Don't use this malware for." hospitals and then what right. happened it goes to hospital anyway because everybody's gonna get affected we should just not have it end of the story let's that's uh yeah yeah i mean and that that's what happened with not petya i mean it was it, the target was ukraine but it spread around the world and did impact many many companies and organizations and systems yeah. and, and I, that, I, that's I think it's, scary it's it's the actors and the intent Right, that mm. shifted from cyber crime to cyber war in my mind, and yeah, and I think maybe in the middle there's there's uh, terrorism, cyber terrorism, where maybe it's not a nation state conducting war and it's not cyber crime, but it's just it's something else. And I don't know, I'm kind of flying a little bit here. I think for me it all sucks, and I, I think yeah, uh, I mean the word that consistently comes to mind for me is disgust and yeah i mean I, I saw i mean you see it all over the all over the world people uh standing with with ukraine and and, and yeah really paying attention to the humanitarian efforts here and we have friends on social media who don't live there but were working there and and found found a way out now they're all their whole purpose in, in this moment is to help others find a safe path out. And we have friends on social media that are on the other side of the border. They're taking people in. And I mean, so the, the, the fact that people are coming together is phenomenal. The fact they have yeah. to is disgusting. That's my, that's my view on it. And from the, from the cyber perspective, um, I don't know. I've been, I've been talking to a few folks as well, and perhaps I don't know. We we're kind of toying with the idea, of maybe having a conversation on this. But they're they're seeing some signals that suggest there are things happening, but no real actions yet. Um, almost like a a re reconnaissance, <laughs> if you will. Mm -hmm. um, in that they already have the information, they're just kind of validating things, perhaps. Uh, to, to ensure that their their strategy is going to work, who knows? I don't know. Uh, obviously, what who's involved, what's people what people are doing, but I think there's the 
the human impact there in Ukraine. There's the business mm -hmm. impact there in, in Ukraine. Perhaps there's the military impact there in Ukraine with all of this. And then there's the wider impact beyond that, uh, where, as you mentioned, Diana, things get loose. Thing that the, the target is a target and, and maybe one, one parameter is missed or misinterpreted and others, others get hammered by it. And then there's just the, the fact that the act of war itself, where that's a critical infrastructure is going to be taken offline. Banks are being taken offline. I don't know what, what's going to happen, of course, but uh, any of this could happen and it could be as simple as Apple pay, right? A disruption like that, uh, or yeah. Google Pay, not to pick a brand, but a disruption like that could impact a lot. Or I don't know if a lot of people rely on delivery services uh, still, and, and that can impact, or certainly supply chain, right? So it doesn't have to be the power grid goes down. It could be something right. else that just dramatically changes the way we operate, and, and that could, of course, be... Yeah severely uncomfortable but not to the extreme that uh the, the folks in ukraine are dealing with so yeah well nothing compares to that yeah. i mean we we, exactly. we will talk about other things and 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 we we we're looking at from a different perspective but that we come back to to that that all these things are just you know, just yeah. complementary to, to what's going on. You know, I mean, the, the, the entire energy crisis as well, like because Russia obviously supplies most of the, the, the natural gas to to Europe. So now it's happening that in many places, uh, you know, they're not only they're considering more of alternative energy, but they're also turning back on some, uh, some carbon, um, um, charcoal or whatever it's called, coal energy. Uh, plant which is they were shut down i'm talking in italy they just restarted two or three ready to resupply what is missing so <laughs> mm -hmm. keep adding to to the big mess that that is literally going on uh, going on right now but again uh i think i don't know about you guys but I, i'm trying to just get my head out of the news for a little bit uh helping as much as i can i mean there is a ton of organization um, out there, they're doing a, a wonderful job in physically helping, bringing medicines, and helping with the with all the refugees crisis in in, in Europe. and uh, And there are places very legit where you can actually donate some money that you know they're actually going to help uh, physically someone. So if you if you can, um, let's do that and let's support everybody that is really getting impacted by by this. Um, so this said, I think we we kind of already started talking about tech news. Um, that's that's what we do, and uh, like I said, I, I I just need to unplug sometimes and listen to some music that is gonna, you know, last night a DJ saved my life, uh, where yeah. music just gets you in a different place, and uh, and I hope yeah. that with our conversation. Uh, we can bring people to to, to a different place, even if for uh, a little bit of time. Um, I think it could be one of our contribution to 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 what we do. So, this said, I see Burrito and uh, and I see Sean salivating, and uh, for people on the podcast, they can't see that. 
you know? Not true. I always make fun of him. I'm always salivating. That's the, <laughs> that's the reality. Always nah, you, you know, you know when uh, I can't even recall the last time I had a burrito. To be honest with you, it's probably one of my one of my favorite things. Well, since when you left California? When I left California. There you go. All right. All right. I know they have gonna... burritos in the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to track one down. So you're telling me that in New York, they only serve uh, Italian pizza and spaghetti it's, and meatball? It's pizza and bolognese, my friend. Foldy pizza. Yeah. Man, uh, no right. pizza what? folds like the New York. In uh, truth, I've landed on some really good Thai. There you go. To, okay. uh, we have a good friend, Mike, Michael Parisi, we, we know, that uh, introduced oh, yeah. me to a place. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Very That's good. Well, New York is the big apple. It's, yeah. it's a multicultural city that... That you can find anything you want, right? Exactly. So maybe it's you just there. haven't looked hard enough for a burrito. I haven't looked for a burrito, to be honest with you. Uh, and, that, and that's why Diana is bringing you one right now. Look at that. Bowl. In, a, in a bowl. Do you eat in the bowl? In a bowl. You, do, you don't, actually. No. So this is, this is believe it or not, um, this is a military robot that I'm going to discuss. It was developed by the military um, to make burrito bowls. It's actually, oh. it's, a, it's a salad robot and okay. it uh, can measure out. So instead of you saying, I want this, this, and this to some person who then scoops it out, or if you're at a salad bar, for example, and it says, well, one serving chickpeas is 28 grams. And you're like, uh, is a scoop 28 grams or 30 grams? Who knows, right? You just kind of like guesstimate your, your chickpeas, then you go weigh your the your salad at the end and it's always i don't know about you guys but whenever i get like the salad i, I take it up and i'm like how did i get a five pound salad <laughs> like, <laughs> lettuce isn't that heavy um but this this robot will They're not rocks. just scoop out the things that you want but it calibrates the exact serving so if you say i want one scoop of chickpeas great you get 28 grams if you want two it's going to give you another 28 so that you can know exactly the the a balance of nutrition that's in your salad and also some human being doesn't have to stand there doing this very you know sort of boring repetitive task humans would still have to fill the trays that the robot is taking the salad and the chickpeas and the, the bako bits from but uh the robot is now able to serve these out for people and to make delicious burrito bowls possibly for you sean and salads and other things like that and thinking about um, not just could this help the military with having to uh, allowing for, you know, staff don't have to be doing f as much food service work so they can be uh, used elsewhere. Um, I think it could also be used, obviously, in the food service industry so that people could have maybe more interesting jobs. Although I know there's always that fear of like the robots are taking our jobs, but um, there's still plenty that would need to get need to get done um, in addition to just the, the scooping and putting it in the bowl. That's my, nice. that's my news. I love it. I, as long as I can tell it, I want a five pound salad. There you go. Oh, I forgot the best part. The robot's name yeah. is Alfred. <laughs> Alfred. Alfred. Is that a reason? Yeah. I, I think I have a character named Alfred. You know, I, I, it, Alfred days? Oh. No, I was, I was thinking the Batman. You know, oh, like, like the... His the, the, is his, I think his personal his, assistant, butler, assistant guy is butler, yeah. but yeah, he's like kind yeah. of more than that. He's like, yeah. yeah, I think his name might be Alfred. 
Okay. Well, it's it's a common name for for somebody that can be, you know, it's very very British too. Oh, let me let me talk to Alfred. I, I, <laughs> I saw something that they were experimenting into having a completely, and I think they're doing it somewhere where they're having an entire, uh, you know, they're trying to make pizza with the robot hands and arms and okay. and actually cook entire. Yeah, can you imagine <laughs> that? We're doing the spinning pizza uh, hands gesture, but also there was another one I saw, and uh, you can tell I'm really Italian here. But it was that the robot was trying to get spaghetti, for, and 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 delicately without breaking it, put it in the boiling oh. water and stuff. So you know, it's it's an exercise in dexterity. So that's that's yeah. great. And imagine if you can just load the recipes, all the recipes of the world inside right. the. It's almost like the metrics, yeah, upload, uh, you know, how I can pilot a, a, an helicopter and, and, and the chef's going to, yeah, sure, just give me the ingredient. Now, the other question is who goes to get the ingredients at the store? That's well, another robot. Maybe another robot. Yeah. yeah. There's the shopping robot and the, yeah. the serving robot. Mm -hmm. But I can I can see that of course some big application like military big big company where where they're cooking for so many people would it ever take the chef job? Uh, how about that creative aspect of things? Because I always go there with robotics and artificial intelligence, the creativity. Yeah, I'm not sure the chef even even a more complex chefing job could be pretty hard. Um, because if you've got just bowls of pre-cut or prepared food in front of you, trays, and it, it's just scoops it, it knows I need 28 grams of each one or whatever, you know, I need 30 grams of this. Um, it's, it's pretty repetitive. Whereas if you're, if you're a chef, there's a, there is a lot of creativity of, you know, I'm going to maybe, it, and maybe even, you know, like different cooking methods, somebody wants this or that. Um, added to it. So I, I think, and creating recipes is very, I know that there's the, the generative um, AI that has, you can say, I want a cookie recipe and it'll give you a recipe, but, um, and they, there have been other things with AI, like trying to do food pairings and wine pairings. But I think still, there's still a lot of space for the creative human chef and for more difficult or complex cooking and baking. But I think for the really repetitive stuff, like, I mean, think about fast food or a salad bar. It's just, you got 20 things in front of you and people want X number of those 20 things in the right size and in a bowl or in a burrito. Mm. But I, I don't, I don't think we're going to, I think our, uh, our great chefs like Anthony Bourdain, RIP, that creativity, I don't think a robot has yet. Oh, he's yeah. yelling in the gray right now. There's probably oh, some he'd be so angry. <laughs> There's probably some middle ground. I mean, because you're, you're saying, how do you want chickpeas or not? How much chickpeas do you want? Uh, what's what's the portion of that that you'd like in there? I, I can see where maybe you want the chickpeas on the side or some people like it mixed in or some people like their their cheese on the top before the dressing. So the, the, the cheese kind of absorbs some of the dressing. I don't know. Do you like it more? acidic or do you like it more oily your dressing and you I, I can see where you you can instruct the robot so the human's still the the creative element driving the robot to 
create something for you that versus what what somebody just did manually in the back room where they all look the same and they come out in the same black thing with three three slices of cucumber and yeah. placed in the same exact spot and and not enough dressing for my liking and <laughs> ever yeah ever never yeah, I like a little little, yeah. little uh, solid of my dressing you know what I'm thinking no go ahead go ahead I was just going to say people are wild in terms of what they ask for. I, I, my, one of my first jobs out of high school while I was in college uh, was I served the popcorn in a movie theater and people would have these really complex popcorn orders, believe it or not. You just think they just scoop it in, but no, like some people would want like, just put a layer in and then I want three pumps of the butter and then one sprinkle of salt and then, then another layer, one pump of butter and four sprinkles. They were really it's perfect for a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Control that much? Yeah. I'd like 22.5% popcorn on the bottom. All right. So, <laughs> so I'll tell you a story before I moved back in the U.S. and I had a, a lot of friends in, in, uh, in, from the U.S. coming to visit in Florence. And you know how you go to a restaurant here and you say, I'm going to get this on the menu, but can you remove these? Can you add that? And and nobody cares they're like sure okay yeah. now you go ask that to a chef in italy and you'll see what happened they're gonna be like hell no this is my recipe <laughs> if you want to eat this this is what you're gonna eat so there was always this thing about you know it's kind of like adding salt where you taste something you know like you have to trust the chef that's that's very uh you know that's very important now, I understand doing things like popcorn on your own way, but, you know, to go tell a chef what to do is probably not the right thing to do. Uh, but one thing that I was thinking is you could use adversarial artificial intelligence uh, to create some recipes. I, the reason why I'm saying this is because I've, I had two podcasts with with a, with a company called Art AI that, that they do artificial intelligence created art and they're selling it. They are NFTs right now. And uh, I'm going to shout to Ben Kovales. He's one of the founder of this. And we had this conversation about there is one is the critic and the critic and one is the, is the painter. So I'm thinking the same thing with the chef. There is the chef and there is the critic and together they found this formula to elaborate this, this recipe. The only problem it's going to be that in this case, you also need the dexterity to, to prepare the food. Right, right. That 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 adds a really big layer yeah. of complexity. Yeah, I I can't help, and I I don't know how many times I bring this up, but the the article I wrote years and years ago where I I referenced the future as one there where everything is digital and we hearken back and we'll pay a premium for what we have today or even in the past before today. Because everything is not real. <laughs> and everything looks the same, sounds the same, smells the same, because it's been perfected to some algorithm that was created somewhere that says, this is what you should like. I'm going to create it. That's what you get. So almost like Marco's chef. <laughs> I've created this. This is what you get. Take it. Take it and uh, deal with it. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I I have this weird dystopian view that, that we're going to end up in a place where everything is uh, the same, 
and it's going to be really uh, like all the food, yeah. even though we seem to, yeah. aren't we going? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the norm will be, there are certain things. Most things will be the same. And, and the, the exception to that rule will be stuff that the people create through, through means like grinding the, grinding the wheat to the, or the, the beans or whatever themselves, you know, I don't know, I'm just making something up here, but uh, I see, I see a time where, or what do we, we, we talked about pills, right? you, you get your dinner and a pill. Yeah. Uh, how creative can you get with that? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, It's, it's, it's very interesting because it, once you start looking at all the aspects, yeah. And in one case you can get the, the you know, the, the, the perfectly packaged, but fresh in, thing because it's it's made the plate is made as perfect now they the, the real chef is not going to make it perfect all the time so that's why you can't expect even always to taste the same maybe sometimes it's the tomato that tastes different sometimes it's the salmon that is uh, more intense sometimes uh, you know they don't have that olive oil they use another one so there is that variety but if you do get it in a pill that's a different story. I mean, let's say that you go to a restaurant and they serve you two plates. One is made by an artificial intelligence slash robot, and one is from a chef, and you may end up liking the one making from the artificial intelligence. It's, it's still fresh food. Now, the pill is a different story. <laughs> you know, the consistency, that is interesting, because I as soon as when you were saying that, Sean, I was thinking, but when I was a kid, we used to think that Chinese food was lo mein and pink spare ribs, you know, and like now we understand that there's a vast cuisine out there that that like doesn't pink spare ribs don't represent. Um, so I was thinking there are so many different like options now. We understand about so many cuisines, but as Marco was speaking, I was thinking about uh, Ed's ex was a food flavor scientist, and according to her, that one of the largest hamburger sellers globally the reason that that hamburger to your point mark about like does the tomato taste different does it does the beef taste different this purveyor their hamburgers taste pretty consistent no matter where you get them anywhere and it's because they're apparently allegedly the largest purchaser of natural seasoning hamburger flavor <laughs> so they actually they have their own flavor that they put in to make all the hamburgers taste like because as you were talking and then then i think about if how it's much the same one i think they they actually process the the meat and bleach it and bring it down to just a substance right <laughs> so, that, so it'll it, taste effectively has no taste and then they add the, the flavor they want that's that's how the flavor scientists need to mm. do it right they need to like get a nice Wipe clean, clean. yeah so but thinking about that and then i think yeah you're on to something sean <laughs> People just want the same thing. That's... And to mix it up, the other extreme is AI doesn't create anything the same and everything is different. And you get, you get the one off. And then when, when, when do you choose? And <laughs> is it you, you get it once and you can never repeat it again? Well, then oh, again. What a bummer, yeah. Well, here's the thing. We go back to technology. Who decided that, right? I mean, you, I you're... You're still in control, and I like that. So you can say, look, there is a, a random element into this, like art. You, you can do something perfect, 
but it may not be pretty and somebody may like it, somebody may not. I think cooking is kind of the same thing. Of course, it'll mix horrible flavors, <laughs> but you know, when you experiment and you do the, the salty and savory and, and sweet yeah. and the honey with the, with the, the, the acidity or that kind of stuff, I could, I'll be interested to see what, it, what an artificial intelligence can come up with. I wouldn't want to taste everything. The AI, the AI restaurant. I'll, I'll let Sean come taste and, it. Come and do a corner near you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I like that. You know, you just say, look, I'm allergic to whatever or I want something. You give it parameters and then you just kind of push the I feel lucky button and it just. You, you put the feedback. Yeah. You have to put the feedback. It's like, no, no, AI, this is not good. But then who decided <laughs> what is good? I mean, there are certain things that I wouldn't eat and somebody else thinks is a relevancy. So cultural differences and it's, I think that's why artificial intelligence is, or algorithm are so complicated because there is not just one. There's yeah. not just one thing that that's the way you do it. Like ethics in artificial intelligence. I'm reading a lot of books about this and yeah, it's just like, it's so philosophical. It's not a technological yeah. problem. It's, yes. it's philosophical. Yeah. And, and, uh, and again, it's technology is human. And that's why we're talking about burritables. Right. Yeah. Robot burritables. <laughs> one, one more note on that. Cause I mean, we, we talked, We've talked about the, the the creative element of it, and then the the effort behind it. But I can also see a benefit from a hygiene perspective. Um, maybe you don't want yeah. a human humans' hands, even if they're wearing gloves, standing over it with the hairnet that they're not wearing that they should be. Uh, oops, I just sneezed and making your salad. You, you can avoid a lot of those types of things, and then perhaps even cross-contamination where somebody doesn't can't eat meat or needs to stay clear of uh, the, the peanuts right and, and yeah for the peanut sauce and the salad dressing whatever it is so i, I think there's a lot of just uh well I'll, I'll encapsulate it as a hygiene point but a lot of things to to consider there too I I agree. I mean, the sneeze guard doesn't really help when somebody's like going, oh, I don't like the look of this tomato and then plops it back into the tray off of their bowl. Yeah. So if a robot sneezes, does it sneeze oil? Bits. Sneezes bits. Or, yeah. <laughs> Electric sheep. <laughs> no, that's a oh, that's, an, that's a good sneeze. Some, some electric waves. <laughs> Now I'm thinking sci-fi cartoons, like you know, like the old <laughs> cartoons and and the 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 Jetson that I always like to bring up. All right, Sean, cloud cutter. What what kind of cloud are you? Cloud cutter. Cutting? Are you gonna cut? Yeah. What are you gonna cut? Cloud cutter. What are you gonna do? Who are you gonna what call? Kind of, what kind of? Do you think it's a real cloud or some or a digital cloud cutting? Well, for what well, we talk about all the time, real. I think in digital cloud, but I think you're going real. I, I agree with Donna. Real. Right. Real. You guessed correctly. So Ooh. this is uh, technology out of the UK. Of course. And... You got clouds all the time. Sorry, guys. Exactly. Could have been out of and... Seattle. Oh, yeah. So what, what do you think is under the cloud? Above, I gave it or away. I gave it away. <laughs> Not above. What, what do you think is under the cloud? Gentlemen? 
people? Well, you're creating plants? A, plants? You're creating a, a Sunday out of a cloudy one? Do you open for the sun to come through? Oh, we just spent 30 minutes talking about it. Food. Food. <laughs> there you go. More Ooh, food. It brought it back so, to the food. I brought it back to the food. I'm sticking <laughs> with the food. Suddenly, um, huge swaths of land managed by farmers. They, uh, they use aerial views of the land to kind of monitor crops, which is great until the clouds roll in, which is often. Mm. And so they have a hard time seeing are things growing? Are they sprouting? Are they finishing? Are they ready for harvest? Are they infested? <laughs> all, all kinds of interesting things. Um, unless they go and obviously traverse all parts of the of the land to figure it out. So they prefer a nice big view of the land to see what's going on. Can't do that through the clouds. So this uh, this crew, I'm not going to can't remember who it was, but they're using two satellites, a Sentinel-1 and a Sentinel-2, two spacecrafts, uh, both out of the EU. And uh, Sentinel-2 looks at the ground through optical wavelengths. Um, so it kind of looks at through, uh, through like our eyes do with light. Um, and the Sentinel-1 uses radar to kind of map out the ground using a uh, microwave evidently and so that's what pierces the ground I, and i guess the the two of those together produce an interesting image that that is super cool super detailed super complex <laughs> to read mm -hmm. and interpret so they've layered those with some ai of course so here's the artificial intelligence to kind of paint that picture in a way that uh a farmer can actually look at it. So it's pink fields and brown fields and green fields and white fields and black fields and all this thing. Uh, a nice map network of, of all the fields, square and round, rectangular, triangle, whatever. And in there, they can not just see, did a wheat field turn to the right color of gold, let's say. They can actually look at the detail of the structure of the wheat and how rough it is, which is a sign of whether it's ready to harvest or not. So they can actually look at, look at this area and see this part of the field, not just the right color, but it has the other attributes in the right way that uh, it's prime and ready to harvest through the clouds cutting through the clouds to do that. So that's my technology. Presumably, um, obviously, it would help to harvest things at the right time, not too early, not too late, um, and do so even uh, even through cloud cover when there are many days where that is likely the case. So, it, so there we go. More, more is, food. Is this in, in use now, and is it expensive for the farmers? or? So it is... Uh, it seems to be a pilot program, and, they're, and they talk about uh, working with a few partners to, uh, to make it work. But, uh, yeah, not in production. They don't talk about the cost that I can see either. 
So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like such a cool technology. I think that's why my brain went there with hosting you. The only sort of downside I could think of is if it wasn't available yeah. to everybody if it was like cost prohibitive. So only a couple big corporations could have it, but local farmers couldn't or something. Yeah, so my sense is that this is going to be offered as a service, mm. right? So there will be an entity, probably commercial. I don't know if the government's going to get involved or not, but some entity will... Uh, currently, they're they're talking about the UK, but uh, and they're also European Union satellites. So they're talking about more of them in more places, even around the world, to to cover other parts. But yeah, who who launches them, maintains them, produces the data, will likely offer it to uh, yeah. Jill Jill the farmer that uh, producing organic asparagus somewhere. Marco's there shaking his head no. No, no I'm, organic I'm not... asparagus. Oh, I love asparagus. Okay. Uh, no, what I'm thinking is that it, it's it's an incredible resource, an incredible data value there, and I, of course, as you said, small farmer is not going to be able to afford it. But there was a news a very short time ago where a, a famous company that makes tractor and uh, an agricultural machine they're going completely autonomous and um if you integrate that technology into what you the way that they do a lot of the work themselves and then the other autonomous uh, uh tools to harvest and and cultivation and all of that then you have control over you know like make decision from above right. the clouds bring it to the clouds, but then it become a, you know, a, a, a pay per service type of thing and nobody really own it. And you just, uh, you just outsource it from them into your system and, and then you, you bundle it into whatever the hell you're, you're having. And I think that's going to be the future for a lot of things. I mean, it's, we're consuming music that way. <laughs> where we don't own yeah. anything. <laughs> so. Yeah, the, the autonomous tractor doesn't care if it only works two hours on Tuesday, right? right. It's not going to demand an eight-hour shift just to get out of bed and go cut some wheat. That's true. <laughs> mm -hmm. No. And so there, there's this swath. It's going to take an hour. Go for it, uh, machine, and, and cut that. Yeah, wake, yeah, up, wake just... up at 3 a.m. You don't even need to see anything. You can see yeah. a night. It does it, yeah. Who gives a shit if it's cold mm -hmm. or hot or whatever, you know. And, and I connected also to the one uh, about the, the pothole that you brought the other day, Diana, where you, from space, now you can see if there yeah. is a, a, a pothole on the, on, the, on the ground. And I'm thinking, well, the next thing, that's going to give a message to a drone that is going to go and repair the pothole by itself. I mean, Maybe. can we yeah. go there? Oh, well, <laughs> in an ideal world, like not only you 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 detect, but you you act. You, you know, I love automation, so I'm I'm all for that kind of thing. I mean, but imagine <laughs> if this is the future, and I believe it is. Uh, it's inevitable. I mean, all these data are going to be used for something, and I don't think we're going to go back to go and fix it with a shovel. So the big question again is who is going to lose the job or where are going to where are we going to replace the job? Or 
Is it going to be augmented? Because that's, I think, where a lot of this goes is is augmentation. If you if you trust what the the analytics is is seeing from the telemetry in the cloud to then send out something into the fields to harvest it and then then take that back and on the road it sees a pothole, call some other robot. There's a whole lot of trust here without any human being intervening. And that level of trust means that you have to not, I'm not saying, oh, the robots are bad, they're going to take us over. But you have to trust that the robots are going to perform properly, like that they actually harvest the asparagus that's ready, not the asparagus that isn't. They fill a pothole in the right spot um, rather than filling, just making a big lump next to the pothole. So you need to have a lot of assurance that you're going to, these robots are going to, but if you look at, at robots assisting human beings, this stuff can go much faster and with a, a lower level of trust. Like um, if the human goes out with the robot and just make sure, yep, you're getting the right asparagus, but then the robot does all the hard harvesting work. That's a huge benefit. And the, the with filling potholes, right? The, tamping that down. That is a really, it's very hard labor on humans. But once they set everything up and say, okay, now let the robot do the hard work. So I think that that's going to be more of our future, our immediate future, um, than having robots sort of off living completely autonomously. I could be wrong, but I think that's. I love it. I'm going to throw a wrinkle into all of this. Pulling. A wrinkle in time. A wrinkle in time, pulling going back in time to one of our previous conversations. I don't remember which one it was, but where we talked about distributed, local, regional farming. Yeah, right? where we're we're growing it on the rooftop or on the side of a wall in pods or in my in, closet. On, I got spinach in my closet or <laughs> in the basement or wherever. I mean, because the technology is allowing this to happen. So how? Do we need huge farms and, and the ability to, to get this view? And the reason I mentioned that is one of the other points that the article makes is it, it, uses, it can use this data to kind of predict the future, not just for which, which time is best to harvest, but kind of a view of mm -hmm. this is the state of the wheat <laughs> industry. Yeah. yeah. Well, which well, is yeah. good. Yeah. Right. Of course, then there are markets that that play that, um, which uh, I, I, well, I won't get into that part of it. But anyway, so do we would we lose that visibility if the farms are in the closet uh, or in a, in well, a smaller region? <laughs> you have an easier <laughs> visibility. You just we, open the we, closet. We have to, it might have to change my name to closet cutter. <laughs> the clouds are cutting through closets. So interestingly, the, the, our closet spinach company um, has an app and they ask you to sort of report back on how, like when you harvest and if you were able to cut and, and grow again, or if you had to harvest the whole thing, or if it failed with the growth. And I think that they're trying to use this data to create better advice and support for, so that more people can grow closet spinach in the future. Nice. I love it. I know, my, for all. my, my mm. brain is going all over the places right now because the, <laughs> the application for all of this is incredible. Remember, I, I have to say, we had 30 
eight episodes. So we talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's why often we go back and Excellent. say, hey, do you really remember when, remember when we talked about this and that? So one time we talked about detection of fires. Uh, and I believe it was, in, it yeah, was either in a podcast or one of these, in one of the first one, where you yeah. can detect fire from space. And then yeah. what if you can act immediately? I think it's Sean, you brought it because you were yeah. surrounded by fire at the time. By fires, mm. yeah. And so I'm thinking like, okay, what, what? not only you can alert the the fire department, they can go there and, and knock it off, but you can also alert the freaking drone that is going to take off with a big load of water or re fire retardant or whatever it is. And and just on the spot, wherever it, it happens, you you go it, it goes there, it put it off and flies back in, and everybody's fine. So think about that, and think about a lot of other application when things storm around and and can get mm -hmm. stuff done. But when are we gonna really pass the ball to robots and we really trust them? And that's that's the big thing. And, and what do we trust them for, right? So do we trust them to make decision, artificial intelligence decision for hiring myself. people? No, let's not do that. <laughs> Putting somebody in a jail? No, let's not do that. Making a salad? Okay, I can go with that. Yeah. Fixing a pothole? I can go with that. Turning off a fire or deciding about the harvesting? I can go with that. And I can also go with, I'm going to change my news. So it's nothing to do with Wallet Gardens. That was about Netscape. <laughs> um, I'm sticking with this Netscape. because it's cool. So <laughs> the other day, um, I I get a picture and uh, from, from Caro. And uh, she was working at UCLA filming. And, and she's like, look at these little things. And they're like little delivery robots that go around campus. And they are pretty yeah. much at level four autonomy right now. And I know that they, they are in, in, do you remember the story when I filmed one at night a few years ago that he got stuck and the human helped them? And then he, the robot said, thank you. And he, because he was literally about to cross uh, Fountain Avenue, which is like, oh my God, I got to wait to see this happen. But he never went because traffic mm. was, was really heavy. Yeah. So in a campus yeah. environment, it's quite different because there, there are no car, there are sidewalk, like think about it inside a hospital. So where you're not really dealing with all of that. But, and I was like, oh my God, you got to order something. And it's, it's the cafe at UCLA that is using this. It's a, a company, many companies are doing this. This one in particular provide different campus. And from what I understand, they are level four automation, which is okay. human intervene only if something goes bad. And that's pretty cool. So we're there. I don't think our society for certain things is, is ready for it, but there are certain control environments where you can use it. So, so, so go ahead, Diane. No, you go, Sean. No, you go. No, 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 no you, go. you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I think that the control environment is the, the, the key point there, and it, it, shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be discounted too much because campus environments actually have been great training grounds for autonomous vehicles. They tend to have very, when there is a car there, it's going very slowly. 
it's very well mapped out. Um, you can control things in a way that you can't in, in a public road. So I think in something like a campus, you're right. But so controlled environment matters. And the question is, when we're going to start sending this out outside of the campus, what do we have to be able to do? And I think it's a lot more than we, than we realize to get to level four outside. But yeah. Yeah, I think the, the, it's no surprise that some big conglomerate corporations uh, work on campuses. <laughs> <laughs> they can use them as test, test beds now the thing that i was going to say it's very much related to uh where you went diana in terms of control because marco said human only gets involved when there's a problem so there's there's a start and a finish or perhaps a, a start well, that's end to end or perhaps a circular start and a finish where it gets something goes out comes back gets something goes out comes back yeah that's start and finish or cycles yeah. the question is is there any human that well there has to be human interaction at one of the two ends or the one end if it circles back but i presume the two ends i don't know oh. is, it, is it i'm just wondering is it picking up from a quote-unquote locker and delivering it to another locker so it knows how to open the door and take something out and traverse and then put it in i don't know if you know obviously you're not reading what, these this, here, these but... things yeah the... or or is or is there a human filling <laughs> this no this I, in, the, in, the, in this case they're just the delivery so you pretty much yeah. you, you're at the cafe you prepare your thing you put it in the in the robot you open it you put it in it, it has the destination and it's going to go find the person that is waiting on a I bench see. or whatever it's gps okay. so the, the, yeah. it arrives there I I'm imagine this in my hand, but in my head, but you know, it it recognizes, maybe it scans your phone, or it knows that it comes the order from you. It unlock, you take it. Thank you very much, and and it goes and goes back away. So it's pretty, it's pretty focused. <laughs> it's pretty tunnel um, AI, it, if you want to call it a way. But the amazing thing is that it it does it, and and this. There was an example of how they've been. They can use this for transportation of medicals, um, medicines, um, to go in an area where it's dangerous for a human to be there. I mean, you yeah. you can make a build to resist fire. You can make it to go so small to go in a cave and save someone. And uh, yeah, rescue missions on on mountains where they're already using drones after an avalanche that can scan and go to places where humans or not even dogs can, right? So let's just think of all the value that they can bring in specific mm -hmm. circumstances. On top of that, they're so cute. I mean, I, <laughs> I, want, I want to be delivered by one of those things. I, want I, I had at a hotel, Sean, and, and the, the little delivery robot at the hotel was definitely human on both ends. It was you, you called down to the front desk and we need extra towels. They put extra towels in the robot. You know, the robot comes to your door and you open the, the door on the robot body and you're like, thank you. <laughs> did, did you tip it? Did you... I, you know, I, I have to admit, I, I patted it on the head. Oh, that's super. I was like, thank you. She tipped it over. Yeah, so I how, did not. Let, let's imagine <laughs> that. How do you tip? Do you give it, I don't know, maybe. You give a little bit of uh, charge from your phone. 
There you go. <laughs> like five that five percent charge, so it can go longer. I mean, what what is it that Rob are going to appreciate? Does a robot want? I mean, maybe they just want what everybody else wants—a little appreciation See, I'm, I'm for a, their hard work. I'm already talking about them as I talk about my dogs. It's like <laughs> it's hard not to. It was hard not to pat it on the head. Oh, that's yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sean, have you ever interacted with with a robot? Just you, my friend. Just you. I am a robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you I'm like sad. AI so much. I'd say I've not had a yeah a, I'm, a I, robot delivery experience. I have an agenda. I'm aware of any. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to uh, to Japan. There was that that one that has that really that big bad head. At, well, Pepper. I think his name is Pepper. Pepper the robot. <gasps> Oh, yeah. It's kind of like concierge. You can it doesn't really do much, at least not back then. But you can ask things. Um, I don't know if I didn't really interact. It was just cute to see it there. And Alexa on wheels. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> just not enough time to talk about that one. But, but you know, I don't think we can stop. I mean, if I have to sum it up, I don't think we can stop this thing. And. And we just need to accept it and we just need to make it right with the ethical decision as we go into it and not and not as an afterthought. So that's I mean that that's what risk management is about. It's not about stopping advancements because there could be risks and security issues associated. It's about understanding them so that as you move forward, you can either mitigate or accept them. Right. Because you're right. I mean, this is we're moving to the future. I think it's just a matter of doing it with our eyes open and understanding the risks. Rather yeah. than because some people I think they think it's kind of magic and they're like, can a robot just do all that for me? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like the robot. Do my just, taxes. <laughs> yeah. Like the robot just rained down from the sky. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Well so we, we went back to the sky. So we went let, back to the sky. Let's, yeah. let's cut through uh let's cut through this. I know Diana, Diana has to run, so we'll say goodbye, Diana. Thanks, everybody, for joining this week. Uh, we will be back again next week. Uh, yep, warm wishes to everybody. Keep safe. And uh, yeah, I, I hope we'll start with uh, with some really good news. I'm crossing my finger next week. We'll just have some big relevant changes in, in a good way of how things are going. And uh, there'll be a guest as well next week so stay tuned stay safe and uh, the opposite of disgust would be delight so exactly yep all right take us out everyone see everybody next week Bye. bye blue lava is the first business platform for cisos to manage their security program blue lava guides security leaders to effectively measure optimize and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Through the Tech Vine podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. 
you can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.